Hey, what's up, guys? And welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. We have been on a hiatus for yeah. a couple of weeks. Yeah. Had a lot of stuff in a new year. I moved. I'm really, really pregnant. Really <laughs> pregnant. I mean, my God. Undeniable now. We've got eight more weeks left. Ooh. Thank God. And the little baby will be here. But Carmel, how has your new year been so far? It's been good. No yeah. resolutions. You don't do resolutions. I don't do resolutions. You make goals? I have goals. I have plans. And then I execute. I don't do resolutions. But it's I don't been either, good. actually. Good. I, I, I do goals. I'm like, okay. And I, I make sure they're actionable goals. Yes. Because some people make unrealistic. And it's like, yes, believe in yourself. But like, come on. <laughs> Are you actually going to do that this year? Um, so, yeah. I, I make goals, too. I believe that making goals is a better... But people should make goals anyway. Yeah. Not just wait till a new year exactly. to do it. I think they say... I think it was the 17th is the average day of most resolutions failing. Really? Mm-hmm. So they give up on Martin Luther King. Oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. Wow. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. That was not the dream he had, people. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but speaking of Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. that is what we're going to be talking about today because we're celebrating his life and his legacy. This whole past weekend was dedicated to him. And this comes up every year. And I, you know, we, we can talk about all the incredible things that he does and ha- that he did and, you know, what kind of legacy he left behind. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people are still continuing his work. But there's one thing that always bothers me whenever it is Martin Luther King Day. Mm. And I feel like people, specifically politicians, really uh, exploit him and misuse him. Oh, yeah. On, on, yeah. On, on, the, on the weekend and on his day. And I'm really curious, you know what your thoughts are, Carmel, and obviously once you guys listen to this episode, we want to hear from you, but how do you think that he would be treated or or, or received if he were still alive and still the same Martin Luther King, if he was still fighting the way <clears> that he did? Because clearly we're not done with that fight. Right. And see, that's, that's the key is if it was the Martin of then versus just what we know, just the highlights. Because like we're a very ESPN, Instagram culture now. Yes. We just see highlights. Mm-hmm. But like if you guys knew of the real Martin and the real protests and some of the things he was doing behind the scenes of the I had you know I have a dream or the, in the March on Washington. There's a lot of other things he was doing that did they didn't like then, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I guarantee you they wouldn't like now. Right. So I I would think he would not be as well received as he is in in, in his death and posthumously and like in all his memorials and all that and you know. I, Every politician says something nice about him. Right. There's no way they would if he was here. Right. There's no I completely way. agree. I mean, it's impossible not to say something nice about him. He did do great work. And to me, that's the only march that ever was beneficial and did anything. Mm-hmm. But we can have another conversation about marches because we both yeah. feel the same oh way <laughs> about marches. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, I literally think that someone was the only one. Mm-hmm. But that that's another conversation. But I, yeah, I always find it interesting also that a lot of Trump's supporters specifically, when they have an issue with Black Lives Lives Matters protesters or people that bring up things about race, they always go to Martin Luther King. It's like, well, what would Martin Luther King think? And like, for example, with Kaepernick, they always brought up Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I think he would completely support Colin Completely Kaepernick support. Because yeah. it was peaceful, it was mm-hmm. quiet, and it didn't hurt anybody. Nope. And that's what Martin Luther King was about whenever he was protesting right. for something. Yeah. So why are you bringing him up? Because <laughs> it's, 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 it's a safe way to like still kind of like, I'm with the black folks, but I kind of don't like what you black folks are doing. It's just literally that. We're like, completely oh, wait, that. Uh, okay, so I can't be mad at you, but then I really should because you're completely using one of our heroes against us. 100%. So yeah, I hate when they do that. But like, again, he's not here, so they can. They can. Mm-hmm. But then like, there's also other, you know, things and agendas and things he's done that they don't bring up. Right. Um, and I think I mentioned this one time in one of the other conversations we had in the, the speech, um, The Other America, mm-hmm. that he delivered at Stanford. Mm. 
they would not bring that up. Right. There is no way they would plot any excerpt from that <laughs> from that speech because it's right. so damning. Right. Um, but I have a dream and I was getting along. Yeah, yeah, that's easy, of course. Yeah. And, they, you know, I think obviously it was a good sentiment and say, you know, I do wish the one day we'll be judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin. Mm-hmm. But it's like when white people use that phrase, it's like he was talking to you. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, <hold laughs> this up. is directed towards you. This isn't about us or people of color. Color, mm-hmm. not judging we never judged y'all for no. the color of your skin this literally started with white america judging mm-hmm. us for no reason right and so that's what he's talking about and i always think it's so funny when people bring that up like why can't we just live the way martin luther king it's like why can't you just live the way martin luther king wanted us to yeah, live I, it's funny like I, I don't understand like how white folks who do that so not all white folks the white folks who do that mm-hmm. Look at us when we bring up race and color yeah. and then want to end that combo. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't bring this up mm-hmm. unless you didn't make it an issue. Well, it's a level of comfort. Yeah. And yeah. you automatically become divisive when you bring up something that is specific towards your race. Mm-hmm. And whether Martin Luther King had pointed words specifically about black people or white people, we knew who he was talking to mm-hmm. and what he was talking about. It's not that hard to figure out. No. Which makes me believe that if he were alive during the era of Trump, I mean, he would be denounced immediately. Oh, wow. That would be something. Wouldn't it, though? I would love to see how would Trump and, and, and Martin Luther King Jr. go at it. Because it, it, it would be a very, very interesting. I think, honestly, because one thing a, a lot of people have brought up is how many like black pastors and black community leaders Trump has had behind him and different things. It's unbelievable. And it's, it's all for show. Um, right. But if Martin Luther was around... I'm a thousand percent positive none of those pastors would have been in that area. Really? I, yeah. You don't think so? No. So what do you think took them there in the first place? Honestly, for them, it's, it's you know, it's exposure, it's publicity. They, I'll be honest, they probably got paid for it. Um, but I think Martin Luther King would have been such an iconic figure for us that they couldn't have done that. There's no way. There's no way they could go back to their church, right. stand behind Trump, and know that Martin was directly opposing him. Now he's not here. Right. So but it's like. Don't you think that they kind of have, um, in a, they should have an allegiance towards him even in death? Oh, yeah. But, but again, because he's not here, it's not it's not something you hear all the time. You hear right now just, you know, during January, and maybe yeah. partially during, you know, Black History Month. Right, right, right. In April or around, you know. Um, when when the it? election comes When the elections are coming. He's thinking about Martin. About Martin. You, you know, you, it's, it's That's all these fair. visuals. That's you know? fair. I think it's disappointing, though, because. You're saying like, yeah, if he was alive, all these pastors would not be supporting Trump. But you would think that, oh, I want to continue his legacy, and this isn't something that he would support, so I shouldn't either. I'm am surprised that not enough people think that way. Those pastors that are supporting Trump. Yeah, I think, uh, and if we look at like you know our recent uh, black heroes, or I guess our figures who speak for us, not necessarily that we've asked them to, but whether it's you know Al Sharpton. Or Jesse Jackson, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily put them in the same category as you know Martin Luther King, but they put themselves they, they put themselves there, right? So they put themselves right, there. So right, it's like, right, uh, right. I didn't ask for that. Right. So then, like, they seem very opportunistic. They seem like as they well. would be the kind of people. Oh yeah, I'm I'm 100 with this. We should be behind this person. We're like, oh hell no, there's no way. Right. <laughs> there's no way King or X or any of the, our real leaders who have. Died and gone would be behind those people, but mm-hmm. then who, we don't have anyone right now to kind of stand behind. So like, oh, it is what it is. Do you feel like the like era of celebrity is like shifted to like this time? 
like celebrities, like kind of a bigger thing because I can't mm. imagine back then, like Martin Luther King would have viewed himself as a celebrity, but I think we would have made him one. Oh, nowadays sure. Sure. If he were alive now. I think so. I think, um, with probably starting with Ali, mm-hmm. it shifted from like those, those type of leaders to like now sports figures. Now LeBron is probably like more of a, a speaker or an advocate for us. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. So I don't I don't I don't see politicians or especially pastors being that it, being you know are are and I don't, I also don't know if Martin Luther King would want it. That's what I'm. Thinking. I think he really would be like Ugh, no. I that's think like, he would oppose the way that we um, give so much attention and spotlight to people nowadays because mm-hmm. I feel like just in reading stuff about him and reading his work like he would be like this is taking away from the work that I'm trying to I do. I think so too, and that's the problem I have with with politics is mm-hmm. it's such a exposure. Uh, game it's like how much can i get in front of the camera how much can i say how much can i you know uh gain your allegiance not through anything i'm saying that's being of substance because you see me so much right that's it i I don't honestly every time we talk about how someone delivered a speech if they sounded you know um, articulate and i'm like what does it have to do with agenda and actually getting stuff done yeah yeah Um, now king was a great orator and you know of course his speech is as probably an iconic uh speech as ever but I think that's just who he was. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he was trying to be that person. It's just the gift that he was the given. The gift he was given. Absolutely. So that's, you know, also that down south, if you can do that, you become a pastor. <laughs> so it's like, you True, because there's probably nothing else to do. Right. But yeah, I'm cur- I would be curious to see how he would respond to just even like the age of social media and constant, um, you know, videos and constant um, just spotlight in that sense mm. because... I do think nowadays people don't focus on the work. People don't focus on the activism. They focus on who's seen me do the mm-hmm. work and seen me do the activism. Yeah. Like, I, like for example, it bothers me so much when I see videos of people filming themselves giving to the homeless. It is one of the worst. Just oh give my to the God. homeless. Just help them. Just help them. Don't don't already don't exploit somebody who's already at their lowest point in their life to make you look good and then get likes and comments and views on on, on a social media platform. I can't tell you how many times now. I can remember the first time that hit me like that. I was watching a video and it was very touching. I was into it, and then the entertainer in me started looking at okay, how did they get that shot? Well, wait a minute. If he's doing that, who's filming? And then it just all kind of just hit me. Mm. I'm like, oh my god, this is a total setup for him to look. I'm like, oh wait! I'm like, you cannot be serious. Like, you took the time to think about film because there was one shot where the person was like across the street and they kind of dollied up to. I'm like, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Like, e- even if you're gonna do that, like, it could have been more like organic and just like right. pull out your phone. For but sure. now, now every time I see right. that, I'm just I get nauseous almost. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or even like I saw on Facebook the other day, I think it was Keanu Reeves has like built like six or seven um schools for. I can't remember what country it was. And it says he has secretly built such and such schools in this area. I'm like, well, the secret's out. Right. I'm like, now for him, he wasn't trying to do that. But I'm like, exactly. we're so, we want to always be the person. They're like, oh, to look at this, look at this. To break or, the story. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, no, it's, mm-hmm. it's done. And it's a person, after I type that, she's like, oh, you're right. <laughs> like, It's true. It, we're so, we so want to be the person to say something and put that out there. But we're kind of damaging the work that people are trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think right now, the only equivalent I could see to King would be like Farrakhan. And he has an IG page and he, he posts, I'm sure his people do it for him. Yeah. Um, so they put some, you know, parts of his, his preaching up and some of his teaching. And I'm like, it, it doesn't feel dirty. It doesn't feel like, uh, he's trying to, you know, push his social. It, it, it kind of feels natural mm-hmm. um, because I think the people who are doing it are doing it well. But 
I also see a lot of pastors and, you know, people doing it and it feels very like, it's just TBN. It's very like televangelistic now, just on IG. Yeah. It's a, it feels very much the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I want to work King with Sid if he was here. Who else do you kind of think fits into his like personality and, and his like legacy that's modern day? I can't personally think of anybody. I think as far as an orator goes, Obama. Yeah. For sure. Just yeah, like definitely. Commanding the audience to listen to him and how he presented himself. I definitely think that Obama has that factor, but I can't really think of anybody who's doing the kind of work in the way that Martin Luther King was doing. I mean, I'm sure if I took the time to look, I, but off the top of my head, I'm just, I can't think of anybody. And if that, if you can't think of it off the top of your head, then it's not happening. Mm. It should be something like that's really quick. Really I quick, can't, yeah. I can't think of anybody. Um, Speaking of Farrakhan, one of his followers, Risa Islam, I think I mentioned him before mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, he kind of has that that kind of he speaks very fast. He's super intelligent. He has a really cool vibe about him. So I think he's kind of the guy that's bubbling up now. And he's got like, you know, three hundred thousand followers now. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of moving up in that in the ranks in that. Um, but other than that, I don't I don't see anyone doing that. Um, also, the whole civil rights movement is dead. It's not the same. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we mm-hmm. see it in just different forms, whether it's like, you know, the LGBTQ community doing what they do. And again, I can't think of one leader out of there. Um, definitely not for us. So that's why I think a lot of it has like more celebrity, more athletes. Like Kaepernick, honestly, to me, is, is you know, carrying that torch right now. And I hate when people um, disparagingly compare him to Ali. Um, cause a lot of people are like, I haven't heard that actually. Oh yeah. There's a lot of memes that show a picture of Ali standing a bunch of, around a bunch of African kids and there's one of Kaepernick and it looks very similar. Mm. Um, when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, that's dope. And then I have a lot of people who I read and they're like, he's no Ali. I'm like, not because he won anything cause Ali was a champion. Right. You know, Kaepernick didn't win a championship. He's just a really good quarterback for a few years. So right. they're like, you're, you're no Ali because you didn't reach the status of, athletic achievement mm-hmm. but i'm like that's not what this picture is about right. it's talking about his achievement in terms of rights for people mm. um he's doing as much as ali ever did um he's not the speaker that ali was um but collins know your rights um organization mm-hmm. and the one he has for kids in sierra leone his uh, backpack program in brooklyn He's doing all the things. He does so and, much, and, and so he much. doesn't look for the attention on it. And that's what I always find so funny when I see people like, "Oh, well, what is Colin doing?" It's like you're in an age where you think that you're owed that information, mm-hmm. and you're not. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know what he's no. doing. Nope. He's doing it for the right reasons. He's not doing it to get recognition from you. He's not doing it to get you to be like, "Oh, he is doing something." He's doing it because he's supposed to be doing it, and that's what he's being called to do. Yep. And I think that that's what is so different about when Martin Luther King was here is that. No one was owed any anything. No one mm-hmm. felt that they owed any, were owed anything. Yeah, they followed Martin Luther King because they liked what he was doing, and if they heard about it, they heard about it. If they didn't, they didn't. But nowadays, because we have Facebook, because we have YouTube, because we have Instagram, Twitter, everybody thinks that they have the right to know what everybody's doing to mm-hmm. justify the type of person that they are. Yes, and it pisses me off. <laughs> I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. And people act like they're so such experts. Absolutely. Such experts. Absolutely. And I don't like having to defend Kellen so much because, again, I agree. You don't need to know. Right. Um, but he was doing these things before he ever knelt. He did it before he even started playing it at San Francisco. He was in college doing a lot of this stuff. Um, once he got the resources and the money to do, he just amped it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people are like, oh, what has he ever did? I'm like, can you... You have the ability to search. Like you can literally get on your phone and research some of this yeah. stuff and his all his organizations that he's built. Um, and a lot of them are not Afrocentric. Right. 
there's one he created for um, infants with heart defects. Oh, wow. It has nothing to do with black people. That's awesome. He's just like, I, I think he had a sister or someone in his family that had passed. And he said, okay, I want to start a foundation that helps these kids and That's detect incredible. this early on. I'm like, no one's saying anything about that. Mm-mm. It's like, <laughs> if you took one second to read, if you really cared, yeah, that's the other exactly. thing. Exactly. If you really cared, <laughs> you would research five seconds and find out how mm-hmm. much this guy is doing. Um, you probably wouldn't shut up about it because you find something wrong with it anyway. Of course. But he's been doing a lot more than just kneeling and making you feel bad about it. <laughs> Which I don't even think they do feel bad about it. <laughs> well, they have to because otherwise they wouldn't be getting upset. Right. Um, but yeah, I I think Colin probably is is on the right track as far as what like kind of continuing in Dr. King's legacy mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And he doesn't get enough credit, but he's not looking for it. So if King was here mm-hmm. and we have the um, Black, Lives, Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. do you think he becomes a de facto leader of it? Well, let me kind of shift that. Mm. If he were here, do mm-hmm. you think we would need the Black Lives Matter movement? I, I Because I personally think, I mean, he died at 39. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I know. That's crazy. Younger than you. Yeah. Right? Dang. It's crazy. It's five years older than me. So, not five years. Oh, my God. Six. Don't make myself older than I am. <laughs> six oh, years older careful. than me. Oh, my gosh. And I, well, I'm going to be 34 this year. Ah! <gasps> anyway. So, thinking of that, that he was only 39 when he passed away, his work would have continued. Yeah. So, I wonder how much more of a difference he would have made to help stop the things that are still happening. I think, yeah, there definitely would have been some reform with... Uh, police brutality mm-hmm. and, and then the whole, sh- you know, everything that's going on with that. I think one of the things um, that was big for him, <clears throat> and he mentioned in the other America speech, and if you guys haven't heard that, go on YouTube, it's on there, um, economic inclusion, mm-hmm. which I think that would have changed a lot of things that we're seeing now. I think I think his work, yeah, because de- it'll been, what, 40 years now? It's yeah. been 40, 50 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely... He'd be 91 if he were alive today. Okay, yeah. So there'd have been so much that would have been changed i mean even during that time we still had jim crow things going on like that that he was still fighting with yes um those things people still don't understand how damaging that stuff was and um i remember byron allen again i keep bringing up that that video he talks about how he thinks jim crow was more damaging than even the years of slavery Mm. because during slavery we were an asset Mm -hmm. and even though we're property you still take care of your property once we became not property, we became a liability and a threat and competition. And then we're attacking us and killing us that and lynching us. So fantastic point. Yeah, I was like, wow. I never would I got have goosebumps when way. he said yeah. that. Yeah, I was like, that's completely different. Huh. Those times of Jim Crow, I think he says were more damaging. So now having to fight that and come to where we're at now, I think um Martin definitely would have um I definitely would have made a lot more progress for us in a faster time mm-hmm. and brought us maybe further on than we are now. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think it'd be interesting. I don't know if we would have needed them back last month because maybe that stuff's not happening if he's yeah. here. So, yeah. You know, and I, I was thinking even when you're mentioning like the other um, movements that have been happening and I, why we couldn't think of a specific leader for each of those movements, mm-hmm. I think it's because everybody's more focused on their voice being loud mm. rather than having a like, clear and succinct message. Yeah. Yeah. We'd, uh, black folks are very splintered right now. Yeah. We don't, I don't, I think we're way more unified back then. Um, partially because there was, we were, as a whole, attacked all the time. So we kind of were unified in that. Mm-hmm. So now that we have some freedom, some space, um, we're very like, what about me? Yeah, I, I need this. Well, yeah. I, I see what you're doing, but that's not my thing. Right. Um, and so it, it bothers me. It really bothers me how, how much we are at odds with each other. Um, 
because yeah, I, I don't share the exact same views as you do, but again, we're in this together still. Um, and they still look at us the same. Yeah. So whether you're a black Muslim or black Christian or you're, you're just, I'm very, my thing, I'm agnostic. I don't care you what black. you do. You're still black. <laughs> you are still black. Right. So right. like, I don't know why we haven't figured that out yet. When do you think that started though? The, the split? Hmm. Because I, I think That's you're right. I think you. I think you hit the nail on the head. I do think we are more unified, at least from what you know. You read and you and talking to my parents and everything. Mm-hmm. But they had you know very clear. I think it was split only in the sense of like, you go the Martin Luther King route, you go the Malcolm X route. You know. Yeah. Um. But in, everybody was still fighting for the same thing, and everybody knew each other's message. But I wonder when it started to just kind of um, dissipate in that. Well, sense. I know some um, speakers that we have today, like uh, Dr. Umar Johnson. And I think also I've heard Tariq Nasheed mention yeah. this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they feel that some of, the, even some of our other, um, even like Martha, they think Martin Luther King had maybe spoke to this, that inclusion into and us getting rid of segregation mm-hmm. kind of caused us to splinter in ourselves. Mm. Because back then when we had like, you know, Black Wall Street or even back when we, a lot of our, our communities had several black, you know, businesses, we were more together. Yeah. And once we decided, oh, we want to be like, you know, and getting, you know, the other money and getting involved with them, we kind of ourselves fractioned off. Hmm. So I think that some, and some really believe we should have never fought for inclusion. Because I know a lot of people do yeah, think that. Yeah, because I think they say, well, once we started, you know, mixing with the Irish and the Italians and we were trying to do money with the Asians, we start, you know, taking it from ourselves. Because mm. I know right now our dollar is horrible. The, the black dollar has like no value and in our own community. It used to have a lot. Yes. That gives me something to think about because I do think that that's a very fair point. But I, because a lot of people will say like, well, why were we fighting for, say, we, a lot of people will say we wanted it to be equal, but we are fine being separate. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That's it. That's a hundred percent it. But and, then, and I get it. I yeah. get it. But a lot of people are like, "Well, no. Like, why can't we all? Why can't we all just get along? Why can't we all work together?" It's like, unfortunately, the systems aren't made up that way. No. And I'm not saying I'm pro segregation, um, but I I get the mindset of people thinking that way. I do. But you look I at every really other culture. Like, there's definitely pockets of Asian communities, uh, Arab communities, Indian communities that work and support each other just fine and then mm-hmm. at the same time they're able to be inclusive with other races and ethnicities and they're just fine but they still bring it back to home yeah they still stick together we do not know how to do that hmm. do you think it's kind of ingrained in our dna to still kind of want to be included and please white people because of the history of slavery hmm. that's very possible and that's why we're always fighting to be seen and to be included. Because there are a lot of people like, why are you fighting to be seen and to be included? Like, why do you care? Focus on y- yourself. Yeah, there, but, there has to be something ingrained in us that still feels like that's a necessity. Um, like there's this loyalty and allegiance, this blind allegiance for some reason. I think a lot of that is church-based in some ways. I think a lot oh, of people look okay, at like, well, okay. our God is white. Mm. May not, which he ain't. Let's, which let's, he ain't, right? But they, they will probably feel that way and think because they've been indoctrinated to think, you know, Jesus is white, God must be white. Yeah, so this kind of, you just feel like that's who I am kind of um, serving in a, in a sense. Um, and I, I remember that's when I had like my big epiphany in church, <laughs> walking out one day, looking at a, a painting of a bunch of white guys and I'm like, these guys aren't white. Right. But then that's what I'm teaching my kid and that's what I'm teaching myself and that that's who they are. And I'm like, well, why am I doing that? Why am I allowing that to happen? Right. Um, so I think a lot of that still falls in line with the church because the, the black church, I mean, makes a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, 
But they have we, a lot of influence. A lot of influence. But it's funny That's is, why politicians always go there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but do we see any of the money in our communities? That's what makes no sense. The yeah. black churches are making all this money, but they're not flowing it back to hmm. the people who need it. And that's something I also think that Dr. King would do if he had his church, like in LA, for example. Oh, for sure. He would absolutely put the money back. Would he have a mega community. church? I don't know. I mean, he would have, he'd be as popular as any pastor out I there, mean, right? His, right, exactly. And like his church in Alabama had a lot of people. It was okay. Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a lot of people because his voice was getting louder. So I wonder if he would ever go that route. It's so, I mean, it's so curious just to think what it would be like if he were still around yeah. and continued his work and how much more he would have gotten done and how much would be different. Because I think, again, I think if that was the case, if he had a mega church, but then ran it properly where the money was going back to the community, creating community programs and helping out people in need, I think the model and the standard would force other black churches to, to do follow, the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I completely yeah. agree with that. I do. Because right now, all we see is Creflo Dollar... And uh, who's the other guy that's out there? Um, oh, I've got his name. But a lot of these big money black pastors, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, I mean, why can't I do the that? The Jets and the Cadillacs. Right. It's like, stuff. well, they're doing it. You know, I'll do it too. And, but the thing is, no one in the church is saying anything. No one's right. fighting it. No. They keep giving ties every Sunday. And it's all churches. Yes. It's all yes. churches. It's black churches. It's white churches. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all churches. And all I, of them. It, Mega churches, at least I should say. I don't want to say all churches. Right. My church don't do that. Your church doesn't, right? Um, Shout but, out to Harmony. Which is crazy, though, because they're in the position to help more, and they don't. The nope. mega churches. I mean, which is <laughs> the biggest case is when Houston was having their floods, <gasps> and they're like not opening the church. Don't get me started on Joel Austin. Oh. Don't get me started on Joel Austin. That was, I was seething. Like, these people are losing their homes. And it's they're flooding. dying. And you won't let them just come sleep in the uh, in the pew? No. Because of the carpet. Unbelievable. Yeah. The church, see, uh, church bothers me so much. I know it because does. Because it does. Because stuff like that, like the Catholic Church has more property in the world than any corporation. Yeah. By far. Absolutely. And then like when Notre Dame had its fire, right, they got like $7 million in donations. It's not more than that. Yeah, but that was like in 24 hours. Yeah. I'm like, they need literally no money, you yeah. guys. <laughs> like this, they don't, I don't get it. But like. If you do a fundraiser, let's help the homeless in LA. Okay. I have to say, I literally just drove down, what street is that? Nordoff? No, no, not from here, by, by Harmony. Uh, is that Coenga? Oh yeah, Coenga. There's okay. a big Catholic church right there. Uh-huh. I'm not going to name the name. Yeah. But there's like a bunch of people walking around and, and there's a homeless guy right in front of the mm-hmm. church and i'm like why is he here mm. and he's obviously in need he's not yeah. like eating he, he's just sitting there holding a sign i'm like he's right on your steps <laughs> I'm like I, I'm, I'm, I'm just laughing I mean, this is and the, the church is ornate it's beautiful mm. the landscape's awesome the roses are trimmed <laughs> not the roses the roses are great but this dude looks absolutely disheveled and out of mm-hmm. sorts and no one's doing anything. And like, that bugs me. Because yeah. the whole reason why you're supposed to be here is for him. Nothing. If you're truly doing what Jesus would do. Yes. Because that's what Jesus would do. Yes. And Jesus is also not white. <laughs> yes. Well, like, even if you read a Bible, like where did you think that he was white? Like, in his description. Yeah, I, uh, I've had this combo with so many people. I mean, it, it's a whole, I could do a whole uh, episode on that. The easiest one I always bring up to people, I know it's completely divergent of the topic, but Jesus left, him and his family left to go hide in Africa. How are they going to hide if they're white? 
as soon as they come over the block, people are going to know, oh, you're not from here. Folks, he, whatever. Anyways. Another time. Another time. Another conversation. Another conversation. <laughs> so what do you think people should take away from the legacy of Martin Luther King? Um, I think the biggest thing is the confidence to speak up. Mm, that's a great one. Because there's so many things you can pull out from all those different speeches. Um, and whether you agree with all that or not is, is you know, immaterial to the fact that he was confident enough to speak up mm-hmm. um, in the face of a lot of opposition and basically died for his his his, um, his uh, ideals and, and philosophies. Um, but he wasn't scared to do it. Yeah. And to this day, we're still feeling <clears throat> the reverberations and, and, and like ramifications of him just speaking up mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. And he's not even here. So I think that's the biggest thing people should pull from that is just I should be able to say what I want um, if it's helpful. And positive, and not be afraid to say it. Great. I think for me, it's staying focused on what your task is, mm-hmm. and not getting distracted by all the other things. Like, yeah. like I said, it's easy to get distracted by all the social media and all the stuff, and like trying to get the accolades and the and, and the acclaim and everything. But it's like, no, if you're really passionate about something, stay focused on that and make that your goal. Like, if I want to change the criminal justice system i'm not going to stop until i change the criminal justice system Mm -hmm. if i want to help people realize that racism still exists because yes there are people that think it's a fallacy for some reason focus on that you know don't get distracted by the other things and don't just try to be it's not about being the loudest voice but it's just about making your voice heard like you Mm -hmm. say and not being afraid to um stand up i'm with it all right, well, let us know how you are remembering Martin Luther King today and this past weekend. And we will talk to y'all next week. Later. Bye. And this episode of We Need to Talk is brought to you by Black Brew, the darkest, richest, boldest coffee anywhere. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Need to Talk the Podcast and Twitter at underscore We Need to Talk underscore.